So we have our wall of ideas that all pertain to the root problem. And now we want you to think about as a community, what are three to five of these ideas that we want to try? So these are maybe ones that align most with your passions, align most with what you're interested in. Elle, what are some other things to think about when trying to choose the best three to five ideas? So you've taken the ideas and saved them for later that have nothing to do with the root problem, or at least you don't think they do at this point. Now you're looking at all of the ideas on the wall and you're thinking about what would we want to try? Just three to five. And you're also, this is a great time to pull out the data sheets with the list of passions of people in the church to pull out the financial sustainability sheet. And you don't want to get too in the nitty gritty, like don't go ahead and decide you can't do it, but you want to have at least an idea of what would it take financially to pull off these ideas? What would it take time-wise? Are people interested in this? Just basic overview. What we don't want you to do, what we don't want people at the retreat to do is be like, we can't do this idea. We don't have money for it. But just to be like, hey, we don't have money for this in the bank. However, there could be a possibility of bringing in other finances to fund it. So just kind of a vague overview of where you might stand in order to do these ideas. Then pick three to five, and then you're going to have a discussion together about those three to five ideas to try and flush them out. Honestly, three is probably a better number, but if you just have five that you really love and really want to try, then this next part of the process will help you kind of whittle it down to two. So by the end of the ideation session, the goal is to have two ideas that you want to prototype. So you're starting with three to five. We're going to go through a process and you're going to whittle it down to two. Okay, so now you're going to take your three to five ideas and you're going to go through these questions. Now we've listed them in order, but you'll notice that they're not numbered because they don't have to be asked in order. They can be asked at random. You can put them on little pieces of paper, pick them up and randomly ask them. You want to go through all of them. It's just getting you to think about your idea differently and kind of flesh it out. But it's not building on each other. It's not like you answer one question and then you have that idea and then you answer the next question about that idea. So we're going to use an example and go through it. The idea that um, we came up with as something to try out is having some kind of community gathering in the church for the people of the church that is welcoming and inviting so that it can later be offered as a resource. So sticking with that idea, we're going to go through this list of questions. We are going to go through them in order listed on the guide, but you don't have to. That's not important. So Connor, thinking about some kind of community weekly event in the church that is meant to build community for church people that could be enticing for people that are not a part of the church, how would you simplify or eliminate that idea? Uh, one idea is to simplify it by only giving people s'mores and making those together. So it kind of limits uh, the options of food. So it just makes it a little more simple. Yeah. So you don't have to do as much planning around food. All right. L, a question for you is what makes this idea interesting, rare, or unique? Well, a lot of churches have community dinners. So if we want to make it interesting, then we have to provide something that other churches or other community groups or houses are not offering. So let's add in some kind of like learning event or fun. Like maybe there's a musician. Maybe we have a musician playing music. So the whole time you're eating, you're hearing music and you're also getting to hear musicians from other places. All right, Connor, what modifications would an outsider make to the idea of some kind of community event? Yeah, maybe maybe this outsider just loves uh, Indian food 
and is not used to seeing Indian food at church events. So they would want to make sure this idea had Indian food at it. That's great. And really fast, I'm going to interject. We ran a residency at a um, Christian camp, and we had a lot of different people that were a part of this artist residency. And that was one of the very first things that came up is that a lot of people that were attending were did not identify as Christian. They came from different faith backgrounds, different religious, different race backgrounds, ethnic countries of origin. And so immediately they were asking, why is this food seems such just like food that white people eat? And so even that's a really great point. When you think about who is a part of your church, what do you assume everyone in your church wants to eat? Maybe there are people that don't eat those same kinds of foods. Maybe you should be thinking about different types of foods to be serving. Yeah. So L, here's the next question. What other ideas could this community dinner be combined with? Okay. So I'm going to stick with this idea because I really liked it about having musicians come in and play. So we've got some good background music. You know, I really love the arts and I want to give a place to support artists for them to show their work and also educate people in the community about art. So maybe they're eating dinner and some weeks there's music playing and some weeks an artist has an art exhibition that you can walk around the sanctuary, look at the art and then have a little artist talk while you're eating. Yeah. So L, who or what could be disrupted by this idea? Right. So that could be a potential negative implication in the community. Another positive disruption could be maybe there are several neighboring churches that offer meal programs for people that are unhoused. And maybe you disrupt that industry. You don't need it anymore because we've got this vibrant community. We're all eating together anyways. We're having a good time. If you don't have a home, come join us. We don't have to have special meals just for you. So that's a potential disruption in a positive way of let's change how this works. Elle, so what is catchy about this idea that would draw people in a new way? I don't know. It, actually, it's not catchy. People have been doing this. Church, church has been doing dinners forever. I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't do it. Maybe it's not that catchy. It's not going to draw anyone in, way, in, in, in any way. Well, let's not give up, Elle. There's, surely there's a way to make it more catchy. <laughs> okay, so... Sometimes you might answer these questions and be like, oh, it's not unique or it's not catchy. And so instead of giving up your idea, kind of push through it and figure out how do we make it catchy? So what what would make this different? Why would people want to come? Well, I'm, I'm going to look around the town and see what is being done. Okay, there are other art exhibits. There's also music happening and there's music venues. So that's not really new. You know what's not happening is there aren't a lot of lectures around climate change. And people are really interested in climate change and they want to know how do we, what are electric cars? Are they important? How do we care for the environment in a unique way, especially in this particular town that I was working with? So maybe instead of doing music and art, we have a lecture series where we have different people come and talk about different ways you can help impact the climate in a positive way. That might make it catchy because no one else in the town is doing that. Okay, Connor, what is the biggest possible version of this idea? I imagine renting out the Seahawks stadium and having a community dinner that's free and totally crowdfunded by everybody. All the Christians in the Pacific Northwest have all come to share a big community meal together in the Seahawks stadium. What about the non-Christians? Uh... Make it bigger, make it bigger. <laughs> How do you make the idea bigger? All right. So instead of instead of the Seahawks Stadium because it has doors, maybe it's like a total citywide, all the city streets are cut off and now it's a street market and everybody gives their food away for free 
and it allows every single restaurant and group of people to come in together and share their food together. All right, let's go bigger. I'm going to build on that idea. And I guess we're in Seattle now, since you're talking about the Seattle Seahawks Uh stadium. (laughs) So in Seattle, we have a citywide event that we don't hold one event, but we get everyone to host events on their neighborhoods. So on one night only, everybody is hosting these community dinners and getting to know their neighborhoods. But I think this is kind of already done, but we make it even bigger. Make it even bigger. We tie in every single church and every single denomination. And we say on this night, everybody has a community dinner in any empty building we can find. Okay, there we go. That's That's the biggest possible thing that we could (laughs) think of right now. All right, Elle, how could you engage the five senses to make this idea more experimental? Okay, so we're in guarding. We've talked about engaging taste sound with music, art, visual, maybe smell. I mean, there's some smell with food, but it would be cool. Let me think about this. Maybe one night, maybe we're not doing food. Maybe we're having drinks and a sensory experiment where we have like candles, or maybe it's important like during fall time to have like cozy scented candles. So that when people walk in, they feel really welcome because it's like cinnamon or maybe every Every single week we bake cookies. And so the smell that people walk into is the smell of cookies baked in the oven. And maybe that feels like home. And then how, Connor, you can step in here too. How some way that we can engage touch. Maybe it's only finger foods. Ooh, you have to use your hands. Mm-hmm. You can have Ethiopian food where you use your hands to eat. So you're also learning about different foods that maybe you're not familiar with. Yeah. Okay, Connor, can you think of any small changes that might make this idea better? So we've talked about the biggest possible idea. Let's go back to the original idea, which is a community gathering, something around food weekly. I like the idea of finding someone in the community who wants to decorate the table. Ooh. And that's their that's what they want to do. And that's like the small change. It's like just really having someone go all out with a table de- design. I love that. And having like every week, or month or whatever, having a different tablescape mm-hmm. and getting to see people's personalities. Yeah. Another small thing you could do with that is every week people bring a table decoration from their home. So you never know what it's going to look like to get together and you put it all together. And it's a mishmash of people's things from their house. Yeah. Bring your own plate. That would be fun. Definitely. All right, Elle. What if you reverse this process with this idea in some way? All right. So I'm thinking about everyone in the church, building their community through dinner in the church. So what if you build your community outside of the church? So every week, instead of coming together, you leave and you go out. So you support a different local restaurant and you're actually building together, not in your homes and these closed places, but out in public so that you're becoming more visible out in the community while you're building relationships with each other. All right, Connor, what is the smallest possible version of this idea? The smallest possible version of this idea would be two people sharing a slice of bread together. So communion. <laughs> sure. <laughs> if you if you want to call it communion. <laughs> I like that. Or even like, how can we get even smaller than that? Maybe instead of having a gathering that every week, let's say Wednesday night, you have dinner with one other person 
in the church at your house. So it's not a big gathering with everyone, but you're meeting with a different person every week in their home. Mm -hmm. And you can't just eat one slice of bread if that's all you'd like. (laughs) (laughs) That just seems like the smallest possible idea. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Well, the smallest possible version of that would be a tiny dinner with tiny pieces of food. (laughs) And tiny one piece of rice. And everyone goes away full in their imagination. <laughs> All right. Well, now now this next question, L, you have an unlimited budget to make this idea. What idea is that? Oh, my gosh. With an unlimited budget. Oh, my gosh. I'm getting so excited right now thinking about if I want to solve the problem of isolation and loneliness within my town and building community as an idea. And we have an unlimited budget. I'm just repeating myself because I'm so excited. Gosh, okay, let's think. What idea would be that you could do progressive dinners through people's homes and it's all funded. Like we have money for all of it. We'll give you all the money for your groceries. Another idea would be we're gonna hire a chef and come in and do like a seven course meal for everyone in the town every week. And it's gonna be a different theme. Or we can hire different musicians to come in every week. We can hire big musicians. We can also, we have an unlimited budget. Oh, this is the best part. So during that community meeting where we're all getting to know each other and we're eating, we also have the opportunity to find out what each other's needs are. And so every week you come in and you're like, we're eating together, but my car broke down. Great, we're paying for your car repairs this week. And then the next person is like, well, my college tuition is due next week. Great. We've got money for your college tuition. Or someone else is like, I'm really lonely and I live by myself. And someone else is like, I need a place to live. And we're like, great, you're going to live with that person. And if you need help with the extra electric bills, we've got money. That would be what I would do with an unlimited budget. Solve everybody's needs. Okay, how could you make this idea weirder? Give me your weirdest possible version of this idea, Connor. So everybody shows up at the church, and then out of nowhere, an alien pops out and says, you're all being abducted, and we're going to have a community dinner on our spaceship with food you've never seen before, and food you've never tasted before, and it's all blue and purple and, I don't know, all the colors that you don't expect food to be. And when, when you taste it, it all tastes great. All right. So if you don't have aliens, how do you make that idea? So I'm going to take that idea and be like, I don't know if we have aliens. Maybe we do. Maybe you have an entirely blue themed dinner. Or when I was in, I have like dreamed of doing this because when I was in elementary school at camp one night every week, you walked in and you picked a utensil out of a garbage bag. And you had to eat with that utensil. And sometimes it would be like a spatula or like one chopstick or an ice cream scoop. So when people walk in, there's like different weird fun things that they have to do, like a different utensil or a different food theme, or maybe like you have to wear a costume. And if you show up without a costume, we have extra costumes that you're going to wear when you're there. (laughs) Or one day we turn the heat all the way up so that we're sweating while we're eating or you turn the AC all the way down so that you're freezing while you're eating. So you get, and you only ice cream and you create like an ice bar kind of environment. (laughs) How about, how about you uh, all get food and you put it on a roller coaster and you have to eat while you're on a roller coaster? (laughs) Yes. I'm going to interject here 
for those of you listening and say, you're probably listening thinking, this is insane. We're not going to do any of these things. What is the point of this? The point of this is that you're expanding your brain. You're thinking of things you haven't ever thought about. Like even during this conversation, some of the ideas we've come up with, I'm like, oh, we're not going to use that. But I am thinking, oh yeah, what would someone come in? How would they feel if they came in and they thought about this? Would this feel like community? What does community mean? What kinds of foods, what kinds of smells feel like community? What kinds of feelings feel like community? Even when it was like, how do we make this more physical? I'm thinking, oh, I'd love to hug people. Then what do we do about consent? Maybe people don't want to be touched. So it's just getting your brain to think a little bit more in different ways about these ideas. So we're going to pick back up and finish these questions out. Yeah. So L, what is the opposite of this idea? That we go to only online Sunday service. We close the doors to the church. We do not meet in person. And we just in silence once a week. No, every day, because that's the opposite. Every day we watch each other eat but we don't speak to each other. And if anyone needed food, we wouldn't give it to them, but we would just show them what we have while we eat and we wouldn't care. All right, Connor, who else is doing something like this? How is your idea similar or different? Yeah, so it sounds like with the the community you're working with, Elle, there were already some community dinners with the houseless population. And then, you know, I think it's pretty, pretty common for churches to have community dinners, either weekly or monthly. So I think for us, how do we make our idea similar or different? Yeah. I mean, it's similar because we want to do a a meal that helps us all get to know each other better and grow our ties together. But maybe it's different because we want houseless people to be in our community and at our tables with us. Or maybe it's different because we are doing it every week rather than every month. Or maybe it's different because we do it at square tables rather than circular tables. Yeah. And I'll throw out there too. Um, I know that churches do community dinners and I think that they're having them less and less um, because it's especially when we are working in the Pacific Northwest, because there's just not as many people. And I keep thinking about, well, everybody wants to have dinner together. So how are people eating together? I go to community dinners all the time. I'm actually part of a supper club right now. We just don't mean a church and it has nothing to do with religion. It has to do with the food. So when I've been invited to community dinners at churches, I don't really enjoy them. I enjoy the people, but I never really, I'm going to be honest here. I don't enjoy the food because it's normally a version of something that's cheap and fast spaghetti in a pot, usually with meatballs. And I don't eat meat and it's served on a paper plate on a plastic table. And so it has a feeling of like, I'm here to meet people and I'm excited about that. But the experience of eating just isn't really fun. Um, So when I'm thinking about the community dinners that I go to that I really enjoy, it's like good food, there's good drinks, there's wine, there's dessert. The food really is, you know, farm to table. We're talking about where the food came from. We're thinking about vegetarians, people that can't eat gluten. And so that might be a way to make it different is instead of saying, hey, we're going to do a church potluck, let's bring a casserole or make cheap food, that we really think about an experience that people would enjoy and then also get to fellowship with each other while they're there. So the next question is for you, Elle. What if you had to scale this idea globally? Oh, if I had to scale this idea globally, I mean, I would just think about like, how do you, oh gosh, I honestly, the truth is I have no idea, but we really don't know any of this stuff. So we're taking a stab at it. I would... Think about how do you start a movement? 
how do you make a movement around community and food? And I would look at other people that are already doing this, like the whole farm to table movement, which then restaurants came out of that. Or I'd look at other, like there's a lot of restaurants that have community meals or community dinners where like, if you can't afford a, the eat at that restaurant, they have a community dish that's like pay what you can. So I would look at what's already being done. And then I would try to build on that. So I would say, how do we make it? Well, you know what I want to do globally? I want to redeem what churches are for. I want churches to be about community. I want people to show up in a city and be like, hey, I don't know anyone. I bet that church is having dinner on Wednesday night and it's going to be cool. There's going to be good food, maybe some music. I'm going to go there and meet some really cool people. So my idea to make this globally is to make it more of a standard and kind of redefine how people think about church, that it might actually be a place where you can go and meet people that don't have to think like you. They don't have to talk like you. You may not even be religious. It doesn't matter. You're going there to meet people, to connect, and then see what happens from there. All right, Connor, if what if you had zero budget to make this happen? Yeah, if we had zero budget, uh, my first question would be if this is like does the church have zero budget or like as a community, we have zero budget? Cause my first thought would be, Oh, maybe it's a potluck and making sure everybody brings their own, you know, things that they can share so that everybody has enough. But I also had this crazy idea of like, Oh, well maybe little Freddie at school got like, you know, some carrot seeds and like, you know, his, his like friend Sally got like some zucchini s- seeds, you know, and then the, everybody starts growing their food and then they actually have to wait you know, till the next spring to actually have their food together, or I guess the fall, I don't know, whenever it is, (laughs) but they have to grow their food. Right. And you take those seeds and then you create a community garden at the church. And then you use that food for the dinner. I have another, I've actually done something similar to this with a zero budget. And it's one of my favorite things that I've done with friends. Again, I'm already doing this in community, but it would never have occurred to me to do this in a church. So my friends and I very recently, when I was living in Seattle, Uh, We all wanted to get together once a week, but we didn't have a lot of money and we didn't have time to do potluck and we wanted to make dinner together. We couldn't go out to eat. So every week we would get together on a Monday night and every person, there was about 15 of us, would get every leftover they had from the week or like that potato that was getting ready to sprout, but was still good. Or I have an extra onion, but I don't really know what to do with it. We would bring it all together and then we would be, all right, what do we have? And then we would make a meal out of that and we would feed each other. And so it was a great way to get rid of our leftovers without throwing them away and just creating a smorgasbord of food, creating these like really cool meals and stews and soups and things. And we were able to be really creative and we spent zero money and we actually were making sure that none of us were wasting food in our homes. And it gave us an excuse to be together. It was really fun. Yeah. Okay. So that was a lot, but I hope that that was inspiring for you that no idea is too small or too big. And we're just starting with a dinner. I can't imagine the ideas that all of you are going to come up with. So then you're going to take all those ideas that you just talked about, and you're going to pick two of them. And you're going to say, here's a variation of all the things we talked about. And you're going to take in your finances. Hey, what do we have money to do right now? What kind of money would we need? really look at the passions of the church. What if nobody in the church ate? If nobody in the church eats, then it would be silly for us to do anything to do with food, right? Or maybe there's a chef in the church that loves cooking. That's important. Let's use that passion. Um, And then also time resources. Does anyone have time to do this? Do people want to get together once a week? 
Okay. So take all of that information. And then the most important thing I'm going to keep bringing this back in is if you never do anything alone, you never have to do anything alone. So if any of these ideas, there aren't at least two people excited about doing it, scrap it immediately. There needs to be at least two people excited about doing an idea if you decide to choose it. So after all of that, narrow it down to two things that you would like to prototype. One to two things that you're actually gonna try.